Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. <laughs> hello, Kevin's and just the biggest troll in the world. Hello, and welcome to <laughs> episode ninety-eight. We look really loud. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Insider Info slash Andrea's pedantic ass. That is correct. I am quite pedantic. Uh, where do we want to start? What do we want to do first? You do actually look really loud. We should have done a test recording. Do you, do you think we should do this again? I, I said we should do a test recording, and you didn't. You sound. Do you it. sound. You both sound normal to me, for what it's worth. And I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine that one part of the internet's is going to be different than the other part of the internet's. Kenny, you haven't been to the part of the internet. I, are we just doing this? Yeah, yeah. All right, you haven't been to the parts of the internet I've been to. <laughs> Let's just knock out the uh, doodads, the patrons. Uh, so $10 a month, we've got Zach, Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, sipping on some scissor, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Parker, Noah, Nick, my pal Dow, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, Kevin, Kenny sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara Dix, Jake, Half Face Kenneth, Green Giant, Gordon, G Man, Frank, Floppy O Rings, <laughs> Ezra Trilogy, <laughs> Evan O'Toole, Dildo Baggins, Clayton is my best friend, Captain Fickle, Billy Single Speed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, which is three people if you didn't know, Alec, AJ, Aaron, at eleven sixty nine, nice a month. We have Esker Cycles, Tim, our Australian friends that pay fourteen Australia a month. A, eh? uh, we have Lead Out Sports, Josh and Dean. At twenty dollars a month, we've got Poop Wrench, Joe, Brady, Anthony, and Affordable Trail Solutions. We've got Harley at thirty, Troy at thirty one, Brad at thirty two, and Six Pack Outdoors at fifty. And I already closed my. Patreon page, but we did have a $10 Patreon patron that moved up to 20 and I just assumed it would be in the list, but uh, it's go to notifications. So speaking of, of sipping on scissor, I was thinking of that song from way back when. I didn't remember who sang it. I wonder if you remember, Andrea. Uh, she don't want to be saved, don't save her. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that was Project Pat. I think you're right. I think. We can Google it real quick. Anyway. It is Project Pat. So I was searching for it by the lyrics, as one does, and a new version <laughs> came up. Are you serious? Well, there's like a newer version that came out like a few years ago by like some other band. And it's, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but it's got that least that one lyric in it. So that's why I was like, wait a minute. this I thought this was like really old and it was like a Memphis song. Anyway, that's my story. It was Crunchy Black and Project Pat. Oh, Crunchy Black. Can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Hoes don't act right. That's ludicrous. I believe that is ludicrous, yes. Oh, shit. Oh, should have paid your light bill. You bought an outfit. That's a chicken head. Should have paid your light bill. You bought an outfit. Chicken, chicken. Chicken head. Chicken, chicken. Chicken head. Well, everybody's homework is to <laughs> listen to She Don't Want to Be Saved by Project Pat. All right. And there's also an amazing music video that goes along with it, by the way. It's like awesome. Now Matt's Googling the lyrics because he doesn't believe that that was Chicken Head. We got to have dead air here for a second. Oh, I forgot because there's like this intro part to that song. Okay, so in my defense... <laughs> There's like an intro, as many Memphis rap songs have, and I'm not going to read it because I don't have the proper hue to say all these words, but there's this part in it where he goes, you can't turn it to a hoe into a housewife, man. He goes, I love her, man. I love her. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife, man. I love her, man. I love her, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's... So that's that's how I got that. That just shows you. that you listened to the whole album. Because <laughs> that's on the album. Because that's on yeah. the album. That's not on the radio version. No, that's not on the radio version. It's in the music video version. Because <laughs> there's, there's the whole, also, whole story. It's great. There's that, that Pat song where he's like, man, you see Pat... Pat just got out, man. He bigger than hell. He doesn't like gain weight. I mean, like lost weight, doing lifting weights, doing something with some weights, man. <laughs> oh, that looks like him. Is that him? Oh, that is him. Here comes that dude right there. Oh and then God. the song starts. We've, we've gone way. This is now the Dirty South Old Rap Podcast. 
Yeah. No longer the JRA show. At least do every, we, do at we least need every to... 10th episode, we touch on this. Yeah, yeah. I'll put some... It's very uh, important. Yeah, I'll, I'll put some song clips in here so that our listeners can get educated. Do we want to start with news or what we've been doing or product releases or what? Let's do the product release first. Let's get this this train back on the tracks. Okay, so we're going to go deep inception, which is going to hurt my brain, but uh, we're going to talk about... Fuck, and of course, I'm like an old person. I just downloaded this twice. <laughs> um, fuck me, I'm so old. I'm so bad at using my home computer now that I've used my work computer for so long. We're going to talk about a product that's not released as of this recording, but will be released before this recording is posted, which is SRAM is releasing new road stuff called Apex. It's not new name, but new stuff who dis. Uh, this is going to be really cool for two reasons. And if you don't like either of those reasons, you won't find this in any other like release about this. But if you don't like this stuff, don't buy it and go fuck yourself. <laughs> We're just going to get that out of the way right now. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Kind it's, of like the, uh, the Turbo Levo 24-inch kids e-bike. I didn't even look at it. I don't care. Man, um, people, people are angry about that thing. It's crazy. I knew people were going to be angry. I didn't know they were going to be that angry. The degree to which Pink Pink Bike has gotten philosophical about that bike blows my freaking mind. <laughs> they are like bummed yeah. about it. They're like, "This is exactly what's wrong with the world," and you're going to like coddle your kids, and you're a piece of shit. And anyway, it's really bizarre. You should go if you want to go down the rabbit hole. Go read those comments. But you can buy your kid a dirt bike, and that's fine. Yeah, so, exactly. That is on. correct. That is what they said in the comments. Let's talk about this new system. It's going to be road one by only. And what that means is is there's there's no left shifters. Uh, well, unless you get to be very pedantic about it. There are no shifters. There's only controllers. <laughs> uh, because it's, it's a PDF. It's not a deck. <laughs> so uh, it's only going to be available in both Explore and Mullet. And that's where things start to get a little bit interesting. So just to quickly run through like what's new, we all know what road shifters look like. These are going to be modeled after the existing current gen Unicorn Fart Force and the Rival. They're going to match that stuff in terms of like shape and whatnot. Uh, what are you calling Unicorn Fart? It's that new color. What is? Oh, it's okay. like Lunar Rainbow or some shit. I think it's okay. called so uh, like unic Rainbow. No, Unicorn Sparkle, I think. Maybe. I mean, I'm all about them having fun, but it's just kind of dumb. The big release that we're going to see at the OE level is going to be an X1 Eagle AXS rear derailleur. So if you want to run this mullet, there will be an X1 version to help hit a different price point for those OE specs. That will be compatible with 50 or 52 tooth Eagle cassette. So that's going to be, uh, is it OE only? The X1 shifter or rear derailleur is OE only. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then... So if your customer smashes one, then they have to buy a GX. They get to upgrade to GX. They get to upgrade to GX. Correct. If you so decide, you can get the spindle-based Apex left power meter option for it. That is going to be a thing. Looks like we've got a couple more things to slide through here. And then this is what's really interesting. We're going to get Apex 12-speed drop bar double tap mechanical shifting. And that means that you'll be able to run an Apex Explore rear derailleur, which will be compatible with 44-tooth cogs. Uh, that's going to be one difference with uh, the, the Apex Explore versus, like in mechanical versus the electronic. The electronic will be compatible with that 36-tooth cassette, whereas the, the non-robot will be 44-tooth only. Now, another cool thing they're going to release is going to be an Apex Eagle rear derailleur. So essentially, you're like, well, what makes it Apex? It has a barrel adjuster, not a roll-a-majig. So you won't have to add inline barrel adjusters if you try to set up a drop bar shifter with a roll-a-majig mountain rear derailleur, which you would be able to. You would just need to add an inline barrel adjuster somewhere in the cable housing. The Apex eliminates that problem by adding a barrel adjuster to the 
rear derailleur, compatible with 50 and 52 tooth cassettes. And I just want to go on record as saying I'm a little bit disappointed, and I hope that they release something better than like a GX basically version of the Apex Eagle mechanical derailleur. They do have a better version. It's called Rival GX Mullet in Axis. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. It's just there's, and maybe it's just because of the I don't know the internet that I consume. It seems like there are a lot of people in the bikepacking crowd that really want mechanical and that they'll put this on their bike because, you know, now they have like... No, no they won't because it has hydro shifting. They can't run their fucking Paul clampers. So they're not going to buy this. <laughs> so now like their prayers are answered. They don't have to do some ratio add shit to your shifter bullshit. You know, they can do just a legitimate setup now, but people who do that put a lot of miles on their bike. They do a lot of training. They do a lot of riding. They, you know, the shit gets abused a little bit, and I don't know if Apex is really the best option for that. It costs like $3. <laughs> it does I think cost you need $3. to get just carry a, a transmission B-boot battery robot setup. It's going to be super burly. You can, like, you can hang your bags off the rear derailleur. <laughs> That's a great idea. Kenny. Oh man, someone needs to make a frame bag that, that goes, goes in, in that little slot. That little hole in the transmission. No, what derailleur. you should do is you should make a tiny little bag that sits from the derailleur and it carries a spare battery in it. Bike packing edition. Oh my gosh. So Joe We're gonna edit JPEG, No, no, we're gonna edit Joe, this out. I know that you listen to this podcast. I'm tasking you with making a transmission bike bag that holds a SRAM battery. That's your challenge. Can I blow everyone's mind? Sure. Go for it. So when you put the cover on the battery, it's waterproof. Like the little red The little thing. red cover. Yeah, yeah. That we all use all the time. We never let our batteries raw dog the environment. We always seal them. Okay. What you could do is you could just JB weld two batteries like butt to butt. <laughs> and then just quick change, flip the battery around. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, not a bad idea. um the so to get back on track here uh since i made a butt to butt joke they're going to release a new explore cassette so this is going to be an 1144 cassette that's compatible with 11 speed road driver bodies all right and then you're going to get your normal shit you're going to get an apex chain that's flat top you're going to get some s300 brakes so say you want to run this flat bar there is going to be an s300 brake which is essentially it looks like a guide t lever mated to a road caliper flat mount caliper oh yeah and this is all flat mount only so you got some weird not flat mount stuff you got to buy some calipers. so we're going to be doing a flat top chain on a mullet mountain cassette nope because that's only for the if we look at their setup it's, yeah. They have an explore chain there, and the if you want to run the other one, I'm assuming you would be. I don't see anything about a different chain for the mountain level, so I'm assuming you would just be using like that forty dollar GX level chain. Okay, cool. Uh, because or no, it's going to use an NX chain. They make NX Eagle, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So they don't talk about the 1150 cassette. That's the cassette that we've got on our trainer. Right. They don't talk about the 1150 cassette that they show in the lineup because that already exists as an NX cassette. They don't talk about the chain because that already exists as an NX chain. Glad we talked through that one live. Let's see. I, I don't get group pricing. I get like individual prices, but like it's all very affordable. Yeah. You know, that's what Apex is meant to be. Oh my God. Uh, Let's see. For $330, you could buy an Apex cassette or crank set. And so, like, you can't buy an Apex power meter that's ready to rip. You can only buy the left spindle and the, the left arm power, and you'd be like adding that into an existing crank set. So, for $110, you get a crank set, and $220, you get a power meter. So, for $330, you can have a power meter and an extra crank arm. That's pretty crazy. God, what a world we live in. Yeah, and it looks like the retail on the chain is $30. So, there you go. That was cool. Any big thoughts or gripes or complaints other than it's not GX? That's it. Mm, no, I mean, seems reasonable to me. All right. We want to talk about what we've been doing. Do we want to talk about other stuff since we're already talking about stuff? Like, what's next? We can talk about other stuff. I really don't have anything to talk about, so I can just bow out of that. I've just done normal moto-y slash mountain bike things, but I've got nothing cool to talk about. All right, Andrea, what have you been doing? 
Uh, you know, just chicken stuff and manual labor. <laughs> did you I, already forget about the ride we did on Saturday? Oh, yeah. We rode that new section of Rainbow Trail. So just a, a little backstory. There's um, a section of Rainbow Trail from Hayden Pass Road to Cottonwood Creek Road. And a while back, the area around the trail burned. And then there were flash floods and part of the trail that went down a drainage washed away. They started to repair it. And then another flash flood came through and washed it away again. So they decided to reroute the trail. And so we rode that section and it's, it's fucking awesome. It's just rainbow trail. You get just a touch of everything. There's hike a bike. There's loamy Aspen flow stuff. Yes, 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 yes. This trail has (laughs) everything. everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's got, it's got flow. It's got bench. Yeah, it's it's, it's just got, got wide and then open you descending. Go down this descent that they built on some old double track, and so it's just this kind of like steep, blown out, moto-y, fun descent. And then there's a little traverse that's just rollers, and you're at the parking lot, and you're done, and it's fucking cool. It's yeah, really cool. That middle descent on the old double track you can go a million miles an hour yeah yeah that's uh, the first time i've ridden the stumpy on true chunk true collar or uh uh, rainbow trail trunk chunk and boy howdy does that bike eat yeah we had someone uh message you about that it's in our listener questions but we'll get to that later all right uh is that all you've had going on yeah, that's the most interesting part. Uh, I've just been working, shoveled some shit out of a corral, did some lawn mowing, uh, took care of my chickens. My chicken, my meat birds are getting huge. They're really large for chicks, for two-week-old chicks. They're very big, and they get to go outside this week. They're going to get moved out to the coop, so I'm excited about that because they're kind of a pain in the ass being indoors right now. Bah! Yep. Is it my turn then? Yeah. So I rode with Andrea on Saturday. That was three hours, and then I rode with Andrew, uh, rode by myself on Sunday. Uh, so, if anyone out there is just curious, if you want to go full party pace one day on your Stump Jumper Evo with a Lyric, and then the next day ride your Spark with a Sid SL at a hundred millimeters, hold the fuck on, because <laughs> uh, that's a hard party to play with. That switch is jarring. Going from an Asagai with a 160 35 mil stanchion forked to a recon with a 3200 mil fork is a lot. Uh, it's fun though. So I had a good time. I rode another two and a half hours. That's the most I've ridden in a weekend in a long time. Big shout out to one of my homies and listeners. He won the 1 2 race at Tulsa Tough on Friday night. So good job, Andy. And I heard he looked good doing it too. Hubba hubba. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. Before I forget, uh, I think last week I serviced my fork after I figured out and figured out that the rebound was all the way fast. Uh, It felt wonderful. Oh, yeah, you rode it after servicing it. And you're like, wow, this is actually better. Yeah, and it took me a minute, too. Like, we started descending, and it took me a minute to start trusting my front end of my bike again. And then we hit one part of the descent where you have to ride on the exposed side of this chunky stuff. And uh, so I was slow at the top half of the descent and then picked it up at the bottom. They got us in the first half. (laughs) (laughs) It got me in the first half. Let's see. I rode a little bit on the trainer. I tooled around on the E-Wiz motorbang thingamajigger. And uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, So we're through that stuff. Do we want to dive into questions or talk about other new shit we do or do not hate? Uh, You know, there's not a lot of new shit that I thought was really interesting, but I do want to say, I know she listens, congratulations to Rachel Atherton winning her first World Cup back after she, let's see, she tore her Achilles in 2019 and... Then she was infected with child. (laughs) Yeah, and she... Did she ever really come back from the Achilles thing? I can't remember if she actually, like, really raced raced after that. Yeah, she raced a year ago at the same race and was sixth and then hadn't ridden... Hadn't hadn't raced since then, but this was her 40th World Cup win, so... Also, did we talk about the Nino thing hadn't happened? Has it? Had it? Nope. Okay. We were getting there. Oh, sorry. 
That was on. No, I no, no. It's, I, I, I hadn't paid attention to the Nino thing. I don't, I don't really pay that much attention to pro bike racing. I just have a few racers that I like that I. It's been pretty. I would argue that the whole scene, downhill, cross country, everything, has been pretty freaking neat to watch. Men's and women's. Usually, the women's is uh, better in general. I'd say in both of the disciplines, as far as like, you know, random, random people winning and like you know, the, the rise of one person and then they just like fall right off again. And it's just, it's all over the place. It's not just this continued domination of like Nino Scherter. Um, now granted in the past couple of years, it hasn't just been Nino. Right. But anyway, long story short is I think it's been really entertaining. So I did watch, I did not watch the DH this week, but I did watch the, I watched the men's XCO. I don't think I had a chance to watch the women's yet, but anyway, we may be jumping ahead. We can um, we can revert back we, to uh, we, we're we were we discussing we we're discussing Rachel Atherton. Sorry, let's get back to that. Oh no, that's okay. I just wanted to just mention that because it's fucking cool. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Do you know how many she needs to be uh, number one as far as World Cup wins? I'm not sure. No clue. Zero clue. I'll I can Google it. So if we're done talking about Rachel Atherton. In other nudes, Nino Scherter won the last race, and that puts him as being the winningest, uh, at least male, XEO person ever, which is insane. I don't know how many World Cup wins he that ended up being. It was a lot, some huge 34. Number. Oh, really? I thought it was in the 40s. Okay, that's pretty wild. And he beat out Julian Absalon, is that right? Probably. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wild, and he did it in front of home crowd in Switzerland. Pretty yeah, it was pretty darn cool. And he basically just kind of like walked away from everyone. It wasn't really even a whole lot of racing. It was kind of nuts. Yeah, like I didn't get to watch it because you have to like have a thing now and I don't have things. But it sounds like some folks just kind of bobbled and he didn't. And like that was the race. I think he even had a bobble sometime... at one point. But regardless, he just walked away from everyone. It was nuts. So it's cool to see he's still got form. And I wonder how many more he's going to win. Pretty wild. I just really hope that it doesn't end up being like a Katie Compton thing where at some point we find out he's been microdosing or microdoping like all of this whole time. Yeah, hopefully I mean, hopefully not. You know, that's just yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> we we need we need a few clean heroes, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like Greg Menard has twenty three World Cup race wins, Nino has thirty four, and Rachel has forty. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Basically yep. for, I mean, what was that? Four, five years? Not a single other person won a women's World Cup DH race. Like, nobody. It, it yeah. was a race for second or if Rachel blows up. Yeah, it was. that was yeah. bananas. And it was like she would win by like five seconds. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that whole. Uh, so I, I will say with Rachel out, the women's DH was actually pretty much more entertaining to watch because <laughs> there were other people winning. Totally. Uh, we want to move into questions? Yeah, we should do that. Let's see. Let me find... Let's rally a few of those quick Instagram ones. Or no, not. I need to get to this one. So remember we asked the question about, or we answered the question about the Kona Hanzo? Yep. We accidentally... So what happens is if someone sends us a form entry on the website and then they send us another one, it puts it in a thread and I have to scroll all the way to the bottom so I just read his first form entry that he had sent us. So he he um we answered his question twice in different episode between the two episodes. So here's you can read. I'll stop scrolling. I was well, you didn't scroll enough. Uh, I was at the Bryce Bike Park in Virginia and landed a jump with a two foot drop. Upon landing, the tire pop, three spokes broke off, the chain broke, the rim was bent, the derailleur was ripped off my bike. I believe the derailleur went into the spokes, initiating the damage. I also believe it was possible I was possibly in the lowest gear, putting the derailleur really close to the spokes. Have you seen or heard of this happening? Is it best practice to be in a higher gear if you were jumping your bike? This was a very mis- expensive mistake. Um. <laughs> Well, so first off, if you're going fast enough, if you're on the type of track that has jumps, you should be just as good practice as a good riding skill. Try to be in a gear that makes sense. So if you were to hit like a small roller where you needed to put in a few pedal strokes or something that you're not just, you know, spinning your ass off. And some people might argue that your bike suspension works better in that position as well with the chain halfway down the cassette instead of in the low gear. 
it yeah anti squat and all that stuff it doesn't matter about your rear derailleur position it only matters your chain ring size okay and i don't understand how but very smart people have told me that that is the way and i'm like okay um I'm just going to second what Andrea said. It sounds like if you did a pedal up and then you just pointed your bike into the trail, you need to do the chunk, 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 and make sure you're in a gear you can pedal. Because imagine you said you did like a two foot drop. If at the last minute you like wanted to go like and do like a quarter like ratchet pedal, not shit would have happened. So yeah, you should always be in a gear you can like give it some gusto in. Yeah, that's that's weird that the tire popped it almost sounds like something was damaged before that so is it possible that i don't know like the rim had a big dent in it or no if he landed and his derailleur compressed into his wheel then when the derailleur ripped the three spokes out and destroyed itself the spokes poked through the rim tape and flattened the tire and everything went to shit mix it just happened all within the same like i don't know yeah that all seems reasonable seconds there was like this moment where everything started compressing and it freeze framed and it's like, yep, you're probably wondering how I got here. It could have also <laughs> been. I see so many rear derailleurs, especially Eagle, come unthreaded that maybe that thing was hanging on by one thread. Has your Did your shifting get worse and worse up to that point and you kept dicking with a barrel adjuster? Because I think you were probably I mean, were hanging their- on by one thread and then you went off that jump. And when you landed, yeah. the derailleur exploded be- off the bicycle and then went into your wheel and then your wheel took out your tire. Yeah, I mean, if if all that happened and the derailleur hanger was still in perfect shape with no threads, well, I don't know, I guess having your derailleur halfway hanging on might mess up like the outer, I don't know, two or three threads. But yeah, if if your derailleur hanger is still intact, what Kenny said might actually be a thing. But to go back to his um, his other, when we, we answered his Hanzo question, he said uh, he did get a gravel bike. He has a specialized diverge and he likes it. All right, what's next? Speed. Put me on the spot. All right, so... From Ryan. From Ryan. How heavy is Matt's stumpy Evo? And does that weight include the fat t- the flat tire repair kit? What size is that frame? Other key specs that affect weight? For comparison, my 2023 XL Lumos weighs 37 pounds without a ducking motor. It does include a half pound of pump, tube, etc. Um, I don't weigh my bags with a flat kit because... You don't weigh your bikes with a flat kit? I don't weigh my bikes with a repair bag on them. Okay. Or jammed in the hidey hole in the down tube or anything. Because what I carry and what you carry could be drastically different. So you need to be weighing same things. If we jump in the Wayback Machine, Cyclocross World, the magazine, used to weigh bicycles without wheels. Because they knew that, hey, I know how much my race wheels weigh. So if I know the weight of my race wheels plus the weight of this bike, I would know how much that bike would weigh in my race trim. And you may say, I don't carry anything. Me, I carry a tube, a wolf tooth tool, I carry a M17 tool, two CO2s, an inflator head, and... Do you not carry a pump anymore? Not on that bike. If I'm doing a short ride, I carry CO2s. And when I do longer rides, my pump is in my pack. Because if I'm on a longer ride, I have my fanny pack with my pump in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the other day, I asked you if you have a pump in your bag because i don't or on your bike because i don't need to carry a pump if you're carrying a pump that's just dumb yeah so my bike weighs 31 pounds but you got to understand that everything on my bike is pretty tits with the exception of my handlebar um i run an alloy handlebar but outside of that i kind of have like bougie shit um i'm not trying to be i'm just being very direct about it i have the new code brakes i don't know what those bird wheels that makes a big difference well that's what i was that was gonna be my last point but like it's a s5 so it's an s5 xl it has code brakes so real brakes i run a 180 front rotor and a 180 rear rotor i run assegai front and aggressor rear in 2.5 i run an xc cush core rear i run a uh this actually crank is a little bit heavy um it's a cork gxp so the gxp would be heavier than a dub and the cork would be heavier than just a standard like chain ring so my crank is a little bit heavy um but i have axis i have an x01 1050 cassette no wait no i'm Did running you put the 1052 on there I, i'm running an, a gx 1052 i don't know if i've reweighed it since i changed the cassette but i'm running those bird wheels which are stupid light they're only like 1430 grams or something on my scale so that really helps it a lot. I run XTR. I think they're XTR. I think they're XTR trail pedals. They might be XT trail pedals. I think they're XTR. They are. They're, that's right. I got some nice ones. 
My seat post is nothing fancy. It's a Trans X, but it's a 200 mil dropper, so I'm running a full-size dropper. I didn't really do anything on the bike in the name of weight. I mean, the wheels, you could say, are in the name of weight. But I didn't cut any corners to get there is my point. I'm running real tires. I'm running a 200 dropper. I have real brakes. And those, even though the wheels are in the 1,400 gram category, they're a trail. Yeah, they're a Do trail. Do they call wheel. them enduro but or just trail? They're just trail wheels. Okay. I mean, but I, I'm not actually an enduro rider. I'm, I'm a trail rider. You know, I'm not. Enduro is really like open face helmet downhill these days or pedal up downhill they run full faces and fucking party so yeah i mean that's uh you know but i don't know what is your xl slash cost or your 2023 slash cost probably 4500 5200 bucks i mean if we did retail on my bike it's probably a 9500 dollar bike so um so duncan says i seem to have the worst luck with fox transfer post wanting to stick maybe 10 millimeters from the top of the travel no matter what i do i got a new old stock one which quickly developed that issue brand new warranty one that have developed it after a handful of rides and now the one on the iso is doing it as well to be abundantly clear not accusing matt of poor maintenance my lbs mechanic kind of laughed and said yeah that's the transfer for you do any of you have experience with an issue like that and have any ideas even if you don't, feel free to riff on the transfer for being the worst dropper on the market, except for maybe the old reverb. <laughs> yeah, I think that's extremely accurate. I'm going to say exactly what your local bike shop mechanic said and say, yeah, that's what they do. Didn't we fix, sometimes be able to fix that with a Thompson seat post clamp? It depends on the, there's so much going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I think the the Gen, I'm going to call it Gen 1 because it's not like the DOS post, which is like true Gen 1, but in all of our eyes, the Gen 1 transfer post, that one had issues with clamping, with C-clamp stuff, but the Gen 2 has issues internally, and that's been like verified by Fox. So they'll warranty it. You just got to send it in. It's a pain in the butt, but... They supposedly, well, supposedly, there's some new parts they're putting in there now when you get a rebuild like today that maybe alleviate the issue. So he should send that post in for, well, that's a first gen. Oh, it's a first gen. Post, the one in the ISO is a first gen. Oh. Correct? I don't know. I think it is. For someone that has a podcast about bikes, I'm quickly realizing I know surprisingly <laughs> little. Yeah. You can tell it's a first gen versus second gen by the way that it is. <laughs> The second gen. I can't tell. I can't tell if Kenny is trolling or not. <laughs> it was that was part. a minor troll. The second gen <laughs> one has a uh, where you call it at the below your stanchion where it actually goes yeah. into the chassis of the seat post, if you will, like uppers and lowers. That collar. Yeah. I'm going to call it the collar. The uh-huh. collar is non-removable on the first gen, and the second gen, it's got a twisty do on there. Oh, it has a wrench flat on. Yes, it, right. And also the second gen has like the the, the flaccid the profile, looking uh, upper clamp. Yeah. It's got a super goofy upper clamp with the reverse thready, all kinds of weirdo two-piece thing, which uh, I will say is, is equally shitty as the first gen clamp design. You know what you should do? You should get a wolf tooth seat post. The resolve will resolve all of your problems. Oh, God. Moving on to see more butts. Yo, y'all. I have a couple. Wait, Kenny, is that all you had? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Fox transfer post can be finicky. There is supposedly an internal guts fix, but that is second gen. So you should get it fixed, sell it on eBay and buy a resolve. Uh, so see more butts. Yo, y'all, I have a couple of questions for the crew and appreciate the uh, help. In 97, you talked about tire pressure, but does it matter since no two or three tire pressure gauges agree? I have about five or six. None of them agree with its buddies. Hell, I even have two high-end analog gauges, identical in every way, except with what they read is tire pressure. Better have one gauge and use it all the time. You'll get to know it. Next, Envy makes some darn fine products and expensive as well. I had to replace the fork on my gravel bike doing an encounter with a Toyota Avalon 10 freaking days before I turned 70. Envy had changed the fork to flat mount brakes. I understand you need an adapter to use a post mount, but why does a $550 fork not come with a bracket to mount the flat mount brake? Because they're not all the same. Um, had to buy the Shimano, yes. Uh, Shimano mount and I run SRAM brakes. Now, serious shit. I have a steel hardtail, currently 1x11. I'm thinking of converting it to either SRAM AXS GX or Eagle GX, but I want to run the Explore cassette. Can that be done? It's 12-speed as well. Seems my ancient brain thinks it should work. 
I live in Delaware and don't need that big ass 52 tooth cassette. Ideally, I'd like 11 speed electronic, but um, we've got a solution for you. Oh, it's OEM only, right? It's oh, but that's a that's a that doesn't solve his problem. What solves his problem? Why can't we is give this. him Beep Bop Robot Apex with an Explorer? Oh, with an Explorer derailleur. Because he has to have a free hub or a wheel that can accept an XDR free hub. Right. Because to run an Explore cassette, you're going to need to run an Explore but I derailleur. Thought, I thought he just said he wants to run an Explore cassette. He does. Oh. But not only will an Eagle derailleur not work with the Explore cassette because of the B tension, an Explore cassette won't go on a mountain bike free hub. Right. Like if he has an Industry 9 wheel. I guess I, I, didn't, does not... I didn't realize he had a mountain bike wheel. I missed that part. Yeah. He's like, now the serious shit, I have a steel hardtail mountain bike. Oh. Well, um, I mean, and that... everybody makes like, if it's a nicer hub. Industry 9 doesn't. What? Yeah, they do. They don't do X- XDR. Yeah, they do. You can find me a Hydra XDR mountain free hub. I don't know. Maybe. I ordered one the other day, some kind of XDR for some type of i9, but maybe it was Torch. I don't know. Nope. It's what you're maybe not uh, realizing is a Torch free hub. There is a Hydra mountain free hub, and there is a one-of-one mountain free hub. There's a one-of-one road free hub, and they're different. Hmm. Does he say what wheel set he has? Is it i9? He doesn't. But I'm just saying, like, that's where I was saying, if the wheel can be converted to XDR, then you can just run Explore on the back half of the bike. So it'd be a flat-top chain, an Explore cassette, and an Explore rear derailleur. Uh, You can also, if you don't want to run that cassette, you could always just run an 11-speed Eagle cassette with a 12-speed wireless derailleur, and you just limit it. It works. I've done it. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's stupid because it's all the same exact jumps. You are basically just saving a little bit of chain length, and you're saving a tiny bit of weight because you're not having a 50 on the back. But it doesn't really, it doesn't net you the resolution that an Explorer would. Right, because you get slightly more range on explorer by two teeth and it gets spread out over an additional shift yeah so there you go what other questions do we have let's go over to instagram and do you want to read this one from late why are they so fucking long (laughs) jesus because it's 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 very narrow Hey gang, long time listener, first time caller. I have a couple of questions about getting into racing. I used to race here in Colorado when I was a youth and want to get back into it, specifically XC and Enduro. Just for info, I'm 32, 155 pounds, decent shape. So far I've noticed finding events requires browsing several random websites that are pain in the ass and none of the list seems complete because it's Colorado racing and no one gives a shit. (laughs) Do you have a preferred source for finding out about races here in Colorado? Enduro races, it seems like there's not that many. Registration fills up quickly, and they're expensive. Is Enduro racing super hardcore and less accessible than XC? Mm. So far this summer, I've only done the Gunnison Growler, Big Bad 40, and placed 96 out of 150, so I feel pretty good about that. But about 20 miles in, I hit a wall and started cramping up really bad. I was on it with my nutrition and drank a bunch of Gatorade before and during and had salt sticks, and I didn't even have coffee that morning. I stretch a lot and am pretty flexible. Any suggestions on trying to ride 40 miles at race pace without dying mid-race? Thanks for the good chicken content and all the rest. Ooh, so ooh, can I use my, Gatorade, my college education Gatorade that and I haven't... salt sticks? Is, is he a horse? <laughs> can I use my, my college education for this? Because this is why I went to college, is so I could have a podcast and answer these questions. <laughs> uh sure so you said you didn't have coffee that morning if you are used to having coffee so well rewind a little bit so people say coffee is a diuretic and yes it is well caffeine is a diuretic so if you took a caffeine pill with the equal amount of caffeine that's in your cup of coffee that you have every morning and you only had a sip of water with it then yes, you would end up with less water. It would make you urinate enough that you would end up with less water in your body. However, it's such a mild diuretic effect that if you had a cup of coffee with that much caffeine in it, the amount of water that's in your coffee makes up for the amount of extra urine you're going to lose because of the diuretic effect of the caffeine. So that's step one. Step two is cramping is not always caused by an electrolyte imbalance. It is normally caused by fatigue. And one of the biggest things you can do to fight fatigue is one, training. And then two is 
have some caffeine. So you might have inadvertently, by not having your caffeine that your body is accustomed to, and I won't get into the physiological nervous system, how caffeine would keep you from cramping, um, by not having that little jolt of caffeine, you might have actually made it easier for you to get muscle cramps. So, but, um, cliff notes if, if the, is yeah, go ahead. don't train and ride as much so you're not fatigued, drink more coffee. No, I mean, you would, would want to look at your training and see if you're doing some race pace training and some extended race pace training. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to add to that is like, you can't be ready to ride 40 miles balls out if you don't, you're never going to ride as hard as you race. I think that's like kind of unequivocal, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. You won't push yourself quite the same, but if you're not like, how do I word this? You need to be doing rides that long where you're prioritizing not stopping. Treating everything like, oh, I need to stop and get different snacks out of my camelback, but I'm going to do it at aid station pace. So I'm going to like grab this snack out. I'm going to take a piss while I jam it in my face and I'm going to go again. You have to be doing that somewhat regularly so you don't get all shitty in your range. Yeah, Did you guys- it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be every ride. Like, don't don't make every ride that serious. But you definitely need to focus on doing race pace intervals. And if you don't want to go out and do two hours at race pace, do 20 minutes and then have a little break and then do another 20 minutes and have a little break. You know, you can break it up, but you need to do those repeated race pace intervals and long race pace intervals in order to prepare your body for that type of thing. And also don't don't worry about caffeine. Caffeine is fucking awesome for racing. As long as it, it's... It's basically just an inverted U of caffeine's effect on the body is the more caffeine you can take before it makes you shit yourself or vomit, then the more the caffeine is going to work for you, like the more it's going to enhance your performance until you reach that point. Once you reach the point where it fucks with your digestive system, then all bets are off. But up until that, the more caffeine you can ingest, have at it. Have all the fucking caffeine because it, it will not hurt anything. Did I you mean, guys- if you're not drinking... Uh, when you guys were racing, did you ever have, like, did you ever fight with cramps? Was that ever a problem for either of you? Yeah, I used to get them. And it's just because I went, it was any race where I went out too hard in like the first hour or so in a, a long race. Um, I always had cramps by the end. And it was just because I went, you know, cross country pace for an hour at the start of a hundred mile race. Sure. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, I actually... In my current lack of fitness, I'm pretty good at trying to cramp even right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually, I've had after ride cramps after my last few real hard rides. But no, like during my ride, like I will feel a cramp wanting to settle in when I'm doing stuff that's currently outside of my fitness level. Interesting. So in my whatever, we'll call it, I don't know how long I raced for, we'll call it like six years. So for the six years that I raced a lot, I basically never, and in training and all that stuff, I think it's just a physiological thing. I just never, I never got a cramp. Yeah, I mean, cramping is really, really misunderstood um, by a lot of people. And it's it's not, it's hard to, re- it's one of those things that's hard to research because you can't take someone into a lab and force them to cramp and then see yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with all that said, in one of the last races I ever did in Memphis, and the, the finish line was like up a hill and I like stood up really weird and was like kind of half sprinting. There wasn't like a sprint finish, but I just wanted to like get up this damn hill and I, done. and I cramped, uh, and I, I just like <laughs> fully locked up in this goof ass position and basically fell on the ground. <laughs> I wish there were pictures. Of that. <laughs> and then, and that's what turned Kenny into an e-bike fanatic. Yep. And I was like, oh, that was unpleasant. I don't like that. I'm not going to ride bikes anymore. <laughs> Uh, we've got Pete's Overland Adventures. I'll read this. It's short. How, How is... I said I'll read. Sorry. <laughs> How is MTB going forward? Slash, are we going to return to ATBs and a simple life of one speed and no suspension? Keep up your great show. I mean, I'm going to say for one, I think that, yeah, there's always going to be some people that ride rigid single speed. However, I think there are going to be fewer people riding rigid because back when that was really popular, suspension forks fucking sucked. And now suspension forks are really good. Yes. And in all travels, 
suspension forks are really good. So, you know, unless you don't, unless you're just like, well, I don't want to do any maintenance on my bike ever, then you're probably going to get a suspension fork because it's just, it's light. It's just, it's good. They work. And, you know, as long as you take care of them, they're just going to keep working. I would argue that single speed is dead. I don't think we're going to see a resurgence of that at all because what you get for two to $3,000 in a full suspension bike these days, maybe not two, but for $3,000, it's perfectly acceptable. And they're like pretty dialed. The They're not going to like snap in half. They're not going to have like janky linkages that don't really work well. They'll maybe have a rear shock that's rebuildable. They're going to be <laughs> decent bikes is what I'm saying. And I think they're becoming so ubiquitous that they just kind of work now. So yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a Mad Max resurgence of rigid single speeds. I did just take the gears off of my spot rocker again. So it is single speed now. You can still buy Surleys. <laughs> like, can. like when you say resurgence, why are you, the one below that literally says what you're doing. I right didn't now. know you needed to read a two sentence question over again before you answered it. I was going to quote them. Are we going to return to ATBs in a simple life with one speed and no suspension? I think that you're just, there's this weird blurring between gravel and mountain bike right now. And there's, I think that a lot of hipsters are going to continue to build, whether it be those kook bullshit drivetrains or those kook single speeds. There's still people putting together really cheap steel rigid bikes and they're riding the piss out of them. Or at least taking pictures of them in a park and doing mushrooms. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, there we go. All right, one more. Sure. How long have we been recording? This might be a short show. That's all right with me. This is from SoCal Cyclist. Hey gang, love the show. I have a 2023 Epic. Weigh 220 pounds and shock is bottoming out. Any options for something bigger? Would love a piggyback coil. Thanks. You can't put a piggyback coil on an Epic. I feel uh, like this person's trolling us. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. So I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to remember the Epic I think is a 190 by 40 on the Epic Evo. Well, he says Epic, not Evo. Oh, I thought I heard Evo in there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, well, I don't think they make any replacements. They don't make the brainless thing for that, do they? I don't know. I don't work for specialized dealer. <laughs> at any given time, I have at least a thousand epics around me at work. But I just <laughs> you don't know what's. I just don't know now. Also, by the way, that one ninety by forty comments out the window. I have no idea what the eyelid is on a Rockshox brain because that's the only one in town. So. There's no need to know what the measurement is. I'm pretty sure the Evo is a 190 by 40, and I think that's short enough that I'm not sure anybody... I don't think it's a 190 by 45. Shit, I can't remember now. But also, if it's a 190 by 40, it means that you can use the 190 chassis, which is the 40, 42 and a half, and 45. So I'm pretty sure you could get a Flodex. I'm 99% sure you can fit a Flodex on an epic evo but anyway back to a regular epic i don't know what you would do i don't think anyone makes any volume spacers for those i don't think anyone has any other shocks that fit on it i don't know if bike yoke or someone like that or cascade link make something for it yeah i'm not sure if anybody revalves them so but that would be that would probably be what you would need to do is have something change like the uh, can you put volume reducers in them i don't know i don't think so i've never seen them not saying they don't exist i've just never seen them because ideally, you would want to do probably two things in your situation is, if you could, valve it differently. But I just doubt you can even do that. And then number two is, if you could run volume spacers in the air chamber, that would be cool. But it's already got that, like, baby air chamber. Yeah, you could just put, like, an aspirin in there, and it would really change the bottom <laughs> out. Yeah, just yeah. open up your air, air can and throw an aspirin in yeah, there. Yeah, you could just throw a Tic Tac in there and see what happens. <laughs> there are several tic tacs in there so uh, people hear you coming down the trail jeez yeah maybe maybe don't don't do, do that. not put a tic tac in your shock <laughs> please put tic tacs in your shock and send us a video <laughs> <laughs> but I, also the flip side of this is i've never heard of anybody i mean we definitely got some 200 pound riders on epics in my neck of the woods and i haven't heard anyone complain about blowing through travel so that's that's pretty weird maybe there's something wrong with it uh does the brain functionality work like when you move the little blue clicker on the brain to firm does it like actually do firm brain things because maybe it's broken <laughs> kenny that sounded like a smooth brain thing <laughs> yeah so uh, sorry any we don't have a lot of advice for this guy 
other than maybe your shock's broken. Yeah, you should take your shock to Kenny and ask him to make specialized fixed it. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to push on it. Yeah, take him a smear off. Can I can I give a closing athletic endeavor that really uh is interesting? Sure. Uh so this is running stuff, but some dude named Jacob from Jakob. Jakob from Norway ran he set a new two mile record of seven minutes and fifty four point one seconds. <laughs> That's pretty So fast. he ran two sub four minute miles back to back. And I have a real I I saw it on Instagram earlier and I had a like a big beef with it. I want to read you the dumbest thing that Yahoo Sports said. Basically, he ran two sub four minute miles, blowing away the field in the process. Well, he didn't basically do that. He actually ran two sub four minute miles. <laughs> so yeah, he literally did it. Yeah, um, I thought that we had some good patron questions in our Slack channel. I mean, all of our patrons' questions are good, but there was one. Clayton's that, are never good. There's one that I was really hoping to find, and I can't find it. And I'm sad about that. So how long is it going to be until marathon pace is running uh, three minute high three minute miles? I think they're they've been trying to do that, or Nike was setting out to do that with like pacers and some wild shit. Uh, it's like project. It sub- was project two. Okay. And for real, what is that like? Running behind a car or something? They yeah they had a uh, they had a car that was for pacing. And then they had multiple people that were doing echelon style like wind breaking. Interesting. Uh, so a two minute, a two hour marathon would be four thirty four miles. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Have we have we broken two? I have no idea. I don't think so. Uh, two oh three oh two is is what Wikipedia is saying pretty quickly. That's pretty nuts. Oh no, I saw I found something else that says two oh one oh nine. But that's the guy that Nike was trying to get to do the sub two thing i think he might have done it in the nike thing but it doesn't count because of all of the controlled pacing and windbreaking stuff i think all right any more questions nope that's it let's shut it down might be the shortest episode in 10 years (laughs) possibly all right everyone thank you all for listening and be sure to go to jrashow.com and click on the merch link right now with every order you will get three free stickers you get in slack we trust you should post those in slack we trust stickers so people could just buy those and get free stickers with them i can do that i wanted to give people the opportunity to get them for free first so i have a business plan i'm not just slacking off i promise (laughs) go to our website and place an order you'll get some free stickers thank you all for listening and good night thanks for tuning in to the just riding along show There's some shit coming out of your great pads. <laughs> <laughs>